Welcome to the Inez Franklin Teaching and Sermons Podcast. Inez is a teaching pastor, public speaker, and founder at trochia.org. Learn more about Inez at www.inezfranklin.com. We hope this teaching brings you guidance, connection, or tools as we seek God together today. Enjoy the teaching. Good job. I could hear many of you saying, yeah, I nailed it. I nailed it. You know, I love that whole theme. And I, I don't know if you're familiar, but on the internet, there's these memes, these pictures that are talk about nailing it in a sarcastic way. Like when we try something, we try our very best, but we don't quite make it. Uh, no matter how hard we tried. So I'm so glad you guys nailed some things, but you know, sometimes we don't quite make it, do we? So I'll show you a couple of pictures of these uh, memes that show up on the internet. Um, yeah, anybody try that? <laughs> or that one? Or my favorite, this is my favorite. <laughs> Sometimes, no matter how hard we try, right, we don't nail it. We don't quite get there. And, you know, that can be very discouraging. And I think that can happen to us in our journey of faith, where we might find ourselves in that place where, like, we're we're doing everything we think we're supposed to be doing, but we don't feel like we've nailed it. We feel like, wow, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. This shouldn't be happening to me. This shouldn't be what I'm struggling with. And I think when we get in that place, when we get discouraged along our journey, we then have a kind of a weak faith. Our faith gets weaker. It has a kind of a powerless sense to it. It feels defeated, and it shows, right? And so that's one of the reasons sometimes people look at Christians and say, you guys are a joke. You're not even relevant. You know, there's no power in you. There's no real truth in you. And so today, I want us to nail it, okay? I want us to walk out of here today and really have a sense that God has provided a way for us that we never have to sense in our journey of faith that that we haven't reached the goal because God is intent on helping us do that. And so as we continue on our series, uh, we have been on one passage. This is week three. And the reason for that is because this passage has so much to teach us. Uh, This whole idea is for us not only to memorize the passage that the church has chosen for us, but I believe God chose this passage for us this year for a reason, to unleash believers into this freedom that Christ calls us to so that we can be all that God calls us to be, so that we can nail it as sons and daughters of Jesus and bring the love of Jesus to others around us, right? Amen? Are we there? Okay. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look back at that passage and we're going to continue through the end of chapter 5 that Paul wrote. But let me give you a quick context, a preview of what this letter was all about. Paul wrote the letter to the churches in Galatia. Not one church, but a group of churches. These churches were churches that Paul established. He went in this area. He talked about Jesus. He brought the good news of the gospel of Jesus, the freedom in Christ. And these churches blossomed and grew. But right behind Paul 
were a group of Judaizers, Jewish people who wanted to retain the old laws, the old ways. And they would come into these churches and deceive people to go back to trying to add something to Jesus. It would be like, yes, awesome, you believe in Jesus. Yes, we do too, sort of. Because here's what they did. They said, in order for you to truly be saved, you men must be circumcised. You must follow the Jewish laws. Because if you don't do that, then you really aren't saved. And so they would be out there telling people a Jesus plus kind of gospel. And Paul writes this letter, one of the most passionate letters he writes, to say, nonsense, nonsense. You cannot add anything to Jesus. It is Jesus and Jesus alone, his grace, that brings us peace. In fact, if you were to summarize this letter by one simple equation, it would be this. Jesus plus nothing means everything. Say it with me. Jesus plus nothing means everything. That is the bottom line of what Paul was trying to teach on this letter. And so as we look today, I want us, I'm going to read this whole thing to you, and then we're going to break it down. I want us to walk out of here today. There is no striving on our part that's necessary. Jesus plus nothing means everything. So let's read, if you would, uh, Galatians 5, starting with verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. If you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those things, those who live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. I am convinced, as I prepared for this week, I felt that God pressed this upon my heart, that there is one of you, at least one of you, maybe more, that for whom this message was particularly written for that you today need to feel a sense of freedom, a renewed sense of freedom. And you know, I can babble, I can mess it up, you know, I can try my best, but here's the thing, I can't do that, only God can do that. And so let's just pause for a minute and pray. Pray for that person, because I know you are here, so let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Oh, I feel your presence here today. 
I feel joy in the hearts of the people. I feel a sense of anticipation for what you're going to do. And so, Lord, only you, only you can bring freedom to us. Only you can save us from being oppressed, from being blind, Father, from being deceived or being discouraged, from being wounded. And so, Lord, you have someone in mind, maybe more than one, but I know at least one in mind here this morning. So would you be the one to speak? Will your voice be much louder than mine, much kinder, much gentler, much more compassionate? And would you speak truth in love? Would you bring my brother and sister to Christ? Would you bring us closer to you? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my heart is pounding. I'm excited about that. Woo! Okay. You have your outline. And at the beginning of your outline, here's what I did. I wanted us to know where we've been and where we're going. And so over the last two weeks, we've been looking at this passage. And we learned a couple of things. The first thing we learned, although we learned it a different order, we learned that we are called called by God to live in freedom, right? We are called. Last week, we talked about that being called isn't just God getting our attention, but it is God calling us into being, to be the people he created us to be. So it's a much bigger thing than just, you know, a phone call per se. Then we also learned that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are the ultimate blended family, that God has taken those who have put their faith in Jesus and now made us one family under Christ. And so therefore, next to you is a brother, next to you is a sister, behind you is a brother, in front of you is a sister. We are one family. And now Paul calls us to understand this, that we are free people, we are free by God, and that we are to use that freedom, but to serve others, to serve others, not to self-serve ourselves. And so today we're going to look at that freedom, and I want us to understand that Paul is anchoring this on a very foundational truth, and that is, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you have trusted him as your Lord and Savior, you are free, period, You're free. And I know some of you goes, I know that. No, you don't, because we forget, because we might know in our heads that we're free, but how we behave and how we live shows that we're not. And so I want you to be reminded today, you are free. That is a fact. It's been done. It is finished. Jesus nailed it. It's done. You're free. And therefore now, what do you do with the freedom? That's what Paul's going to talk to us about today. And why? Why do we take, need to take this time? It's because we have to remember that quite often things hold us back. Which there, are, there is a, a battle raging, essentially, in each one of us. And it's the spirit trying to make us into the image of Christ. And our sinful desires, our sinful uh, desires for pleasure, our sinful ways are rebellion. There is a raging battle going on. I know it, and I'm sure you know it. And Paul talks about that as he continues on this chapter. He starts saying, listen, be led by the Holy Spirit. Only by being led by the Spirit, which you receive when you accepted Jesus, can you then not be led by your sinful desires. And he tells us they're in conflict with one another all the time. And so we're not to sit on the sidelines and say, I believed in Jesus. My job is to sit back and do nothing. No, we are to join the spirit in the work of freedom and remaining in freedom 
and bringing freedom to others. And then Paul goes on and gives us two lists. One list of what happens when we live by our sinful desires. And one list what happens when we live by the Spirit. And the list, boy, they're, they're very encompassing, aren't they? It may not be all the things that our sinful nature and desires want to do, but it covers quite a few things. And certainly when you read this list, is this a pretty list whatsoever? Not so much, right? It's pretty, a pretty ugly list, right? Sexual immorality, verse 19, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. I mean, this is just, ugh. This is what comes out of the heart that is broken, a heart that is filled with rebellion. Unless you think, well, that's not me. I'm not very rebellious. Listen, a 16-month-old doesn't have to be taught these very, very important words. I do it. Or the one, mine. This is, this is universal in our heart. And Jesus talked about that. In Mark chapter 7, these are Jesus' own words. He says, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. It's from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. And he also gives a list, right? Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Both Paul and Jesus gives us a clear picture of what can grow in our hearts and what can lead our way, what forces are working against us if we are not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter 7, he talks about his own battle, and he ends this with, with this. In verse 24, he goes, What a wretched man I am. I, you know, remember that passage where he says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, and it's like this battle that he's in, and he goes, Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is God through Jesus through the power of the Spirit, who brings us the freedom. And then Paul, by contrast, gives us a list of the fruit, singular fruit of the Spirit. That from the Spirit being in our hearts and our, our following the Spirit, all sorts of good things come out of our life. And he gives us this list, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's produced in every believer who is seeking and following the Spirit. Now, it doesn't happen all at once, and it doesn't happen, um, you know, maybe at different levels than someone else, but make no mistake, it is God's plan and intent that if we are following Jesus, that he is trying to make us in the image of God. And he's trying to give us all of these things to the fullness. Now, if you've been a believer for some time, you might say, I've heard this before. I got it, Inez. I, you know, I'm already seeing the fruit of the Spirit in my life. But here's the thing. I believe that we all have that line where we kind of like, we cross it, where we, we're trying our best we can, and then we cross the line. Like, for example, yeah, I, mean, I even believe people who are unbelievers can have these gifts, right? How many of you know someone who's not a believer, who's actually quite kind, 
and joyful, they're gentle, and you think, in fact, I actually know someone who has these uh, qualities so beautifully in their lives, he doesn't believe he needs Jesus. He's like, look, I'm a good person, and I, and I can't argue with him. He's a very nice person. He doesn't see the need. But here's the thing, what he fails to see, what we often fail to see, is we have a line. Like, for example, we might be really, really kind until someone cuts in front of us on the freeway. We might be really gentle until we're not, right? We might have self-control until we lose it, right? We might be very uh, faithful and, and able to endure until we just can't take it anymore. The reality, all of us have a line. And, you know, depending on our personality and our brokenness or whatever it is we've experienced, that line is either really close or really far, and it's mostly invisible to others, right? Like, you know the line, but they don't, and they step through it all the time, and you're like, put them up, put them up. The minute they cross the line, you're ready to hit and do all kinds of stuff. But we all have that line where we have reached our max. And how many of you, and I'm just confessing right before you, I do this. How many of you like said it and go, oh, I just said that. <laughs> or I just did that. I can't believe I did that. Or man, that was cold. That wasn't very kind. Right? Like we, we even crossed the line and we don't even know it sometimes. We cross it ourselves. But we all have a line in these places. And so even my friend who's not a believer, who's super kind and gentle and all those things, guarantee you there is some point in his life, in his day, where he will cross that line. And what is going to take him past it? Because if we go by our own effort, there's only so far we can get as far as these gifts that the Spirit wants to give us. But it is God's intent to give us all, all to the fullness you see, God is kind. God is gentle. God is patient. All of these qualities are qualities of God. And he wants to make us into the image of Christ. And he wants to give us fullness, no lines, no limits, all of these things to the max. And yes, it might take time, especially for some of us. But it is his intent. So we follow the Spirit. And we let go of what's holding us back. And here's the challenge. Some of us, especially if you've been a believer for a long time, we have that one thing that keeps us back. You know, it might be like pride. Maybe you're prone to pride. You're prideful about the things you give or the ways you serve. Or you find yourself always sort of circling back. It might be addiction. It might be gossip. It might be envy. It might be that you might be a quarrelsome kind of person. There's that one sin that just doesn't go away. It's always holding you back. And what Paul wants us to do is to realize we're already set free. We have to walk in that freedom. And so I want to give you the picture of a domestic elephant. I mean, did you know this, that domestic elephants, when they're little, they're tied to a pole and as they grow, they try to break off, but they can't because they're little. But once they get really big, the exact same pole and chain or rope is used to keep them from going anywhere. And you know that they can totally break it in a snap, but they don't. Somehow they think, well, this is holding me back. There's no way I can free myself from this. And so th these elephants sometimes only have two feet. And all it takes is a little action from that very powerful leg and that chain is gone, but they remained tethered. And I think that's what Paul wants us to think about today. 
that our sinful nature, when we're not following the Spirit, though it has no power over a child of God, becomes like that silly little chain holding us back to being free in Christ and being able to love others and serve others in love, being all that God calls us to be. And it is, God, it is Paul's desire, it is God's desire, it is Jesus' desire, it is my desire that if this is you today, if something is holding you back, that it would be broken today. That you would leave this behind today. You know why? The victory has already been won. Do I hear an amen? Yes, thank you. We're in this together. Listen to what it says in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passion, desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucify them there. And since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I love this picture. When we say yes to Jesus, we confess that we don't have what it takes. We've reached our, our last step. We've reached the end of our rope, and now God gets to be the one to come forward. And you know what we do? We say, God, I don't have it. I don't, I don't, there's no way I'm going to get it, but you have it, and I want it. And so we say to God, I'm going to give you my mess. Here's the list of things that are in my heart. It's not pretty, right? But here, God, I'm going to give it to you. Why? Because Jesus said, give it to me. I'm going to nail it to the cross. And that's what Jesus did. He came, God in the flesh. He, he took up every sin, every ugly sin, every vicious sin. He took them on for you and I so that we would be free. It's already done. In fact, in Romans 7, this is what Paul writes. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. There is a way out of every temptation you might be dealing with. There is a way out of any sin that is trying to rule over you, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit and you following it. There will always be a way out of temptation. There will always be a way out of sin because it's already been done. And so we don't need to be slaves. We don't need to be held back. And we can now serve one another in humility, understanding our brother, our sister, they're broken too. They have their own stuff. And Jesus paid for that as well. In in Philippians 2, it says this. In your relationship with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. You see, God paid the highest price possible for you and I to be free. Why would we live in slavery? Why would we choose captivity when freedom 
has been offered to us. Why would we do that? I know for myself, I, I, it took until I was 40 until I accepted the gift of Christ. I'm 40 until I realized the extent of my brokenness. Honestly, I thought I've been a good person for a long time. I thought I've tried all the right things. I, I thought I was kind and gentle and patient until, you know, people did stuff to me and then they had to pay back. I tried, and every time I tried, I seemed like I made a bigger mess. And some of you know my story. I have a messy story. It'll make you question why I'm standing here preaching, and I'll answer it. It's Jesus and his grace. But here's the thing. When, when I reached my second divorce, I started to realize there's not a single decision I can make that's any good. Every decision I make seems to land me in the worst place. Have you ever done that? You try to nail it, you try to nail it, you try to nail it, and you nail yourself. And I remember one time I was watering my impatience, which love water, but not too much water, and I flooded them. I couldn't figure out even how long to water them. I couldn't make a single decision anymore. I had lost my sense of direction. I was just as trapped as that elephant by a single thread. And thank God that he pursued me. Thank God that I heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And I said, yes. And since then, these gifts of the Spirit, God has been growing in me. Do I have them all together? No, not a chance. When I stub my toe, I say really bad words. And I'm prone to wonder. I'm prone to do things I'm not supposed to do. But I believe God is changing me. Would it make any sense to you if I suddenly went back to my old way of being? No. That's not what God wants for us. He wants us to remain free, to live out the victory that has already been won for us. Now, here's what I believe. I believe some of you today are like that elephant. I believe something is holding you back from living out the freedom for which you were called. It doesn't matter if you are not a believer. If You know, this message was written to Christians, but it is a message for everyone. So if you're not a believer, this is the best day to break that chain. And the way you do that is you say yes to Jesus. We confess our sin and we say, Jesus, I need you. I accept your gift of grace. I need your forgiveness. And there we are now, you are now in that freedom. But for those of us who have been freed for some time, something, I know it, is holding you back because I got that and I know that means we all have that. We all have something that holds us back. Something that creeps in somewhere in our lives, some little habits, some little way of being, some, some sinfulness, essentially, some rebellion. And today, I want us to leave it behind. Because what if, what if every one of us lived in that freedom? What if we committed to being the free people Paul tells us about, called to serve one another in love? There'd be so much love in here. It would be like the craziest love fest. I'm telling you, and I want that. I want us to be that kind of people. Thank you again for listening. Make sure to learn more about Inez Franklin at www.inezfranklin.com. You can help share these teachings by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sending this episode to a friend. Make sure to follow Inez Franklin on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more, where she is engaging with the community and inviting us to participate with God and his work together. Thanks again. Thanks again.